The Movie Hour, episode 725, April 1st, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello everyone, we're back! The Laura Linney Breakfast in Bed Movie Hour. I'm Greg Maloney, joined by James and Jeff. Evening, gentlemen. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> how's everybody doing today? Jeff, you're killing me with that. How do you have a cold? It's beautiful out. How? How did it happen? I don't, um, or, um, um, I don't know. I don't take very good care it's, of myself. It's germ theory. It's germ theory. That's Greg's job. Greg, take better care of him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that sounds like Charlie work. That's Charlie work. It's not for me. Yeah, it's this Charlie. Must, <laughs> this must be one of the earliest times we recorded in the past, at least three, four months. Maybe it's this whole daylight savings time thing, but it feels really early right now. Uh yeah, yeah. that's because we're used to you know recording at eleven p.m. or something. That's true. That's true. I feel insanely sober right now. <laughs> One of these days, we need to do like a midday episode. We're completely different people during the middle of the day. Like this we would be—it'd it, be a completely different show. I like Pepsi in the middle of the day. Whoa, that's, that's a lie. lie. Speaking of <laughs> Pepsi, to to take care of our uh, sponsorship for today, Pepsi's doing a uh, throwback to old recipes where they use real sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. It's awesome. Delicious. I, yeah, I have the Mountain Dew here, and uh, I strongly recommend it. And for all the Coke people thinking, oh, I don't drink Pepsi, I don't care, if it does well, maybe Coke will look at it and say, oh, we should do that. And, uh, yeah, something to think about, people. Real sugar in your soda pop. It's like having something terrible for you and feeling a little less guilty about it. That's, that's sort of what it's like. Um, also, uh, a small but... Genuine shout out to uh, Michigan State Final Four. Yeah, yeah you guys are playing playing ball there this roll. weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week. Considering uh, uh, I might be taking the show on the road, I'm gonna be moving the studio to uh, Tennessee and then sort of going cross country. And uh, I might have to be listening to the the game while we're driving around. But it's gonna be we're going on tour, we're taking the show on tour. And, I'm gonna uh, be in New York this weekend, which should be awesome. Wow. Try and maybe, maybe we'll try and find a Big Ten bar. That's a it's good cool. idea. They have a, they have a bar for everything there. Yeah, I bet. Did it? Yeah, that was just, they have a bar for. I'll like, be home alone. My roommates are leaving, <laughs> crying. Where, oh yeah, they're going. They're going nothing to like adults going. Nothing like adults going on spring break. It took me a little while to figure out that. Uh, now that we have all these teacher friends in the you know teaching profession, now that they've all graduated and stuff. I never realized when I was a kid that when spring break comes around, the teachers are doing the same fucking thing you're doing and just yep. running out and cutting loose and hopefully not running into any of their students on the way. Hopefully they're uh, polling their students to find out where they go so they can go somewhere totally different. Oh, yeah, you're going to Myrtle Beach? Oh, I, yeah, I'm not going there. Maybe uh, I think I'll stay home this week, yeah. Uh, yeah, John, Katie and Dave, I guess Katie and Dave won't teach, but um, – might They're going well. with Laura and Colleen, who both teach, and uh, yeah, that's that's it's interesting. It's interesting. This is uh, this is good subject matter for our show about different movies. Dynamic. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, of course we're here to talk about movies as always. <laughs> Twelve movies, Jeff. Way to get us back on track, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. That was Thanks. a perfect segue. Uh, right into our first feature of the day, our Holly Hunter's Hollywood Hoopla. I promise, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep to the script this time, guys. God, jeez. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, Holly Hunters Hollywood Hoopla. First item of the day. It was only a matter of time till this day would come. Screenwriter J.D. Shapiro apologizes for writing the screenplay for Battlefield Earth. He did so in a, a long, sort of a long-winded article for the New York Post. Uh, he explains that the final cut of the script wasn't at all what he wanted, but today he is strangely proud of the fact that he was part of the worst movie ever. What prompted this? It's been out for how long? And he's just now uh, getting around to apologizing? It won the Razzie for worst film of the decade. Yeah, and yeah. Oh. accepted it. Gotcha. He, he, made, he made an unbelievable uh, quote. Uh, no, I don't have it in front of me anymore. It was about how, like, this movie was a train wreck, and he's, he's sorry. In fact, it's not even appropriate to compare it to a train wreck because people actually want to watch train wrecks. And I think that that's just phenomenal. I, ha- having actually seen this movie, it's it, it's definitely a uh, – it stinks. It is a bad, bad, bad the, movie. The article's a good read, though. Maybe we can oh, get uh, Greg to post well, it on the boards for the episode because it's pretty funny. I will. I totally will. You, you yeah, have to the, see the how court... whacked out Scientology is by him mentioning their own special cruise ships, billion-year contracts, some weird shit that happens. Yeah, the billion-year contract. I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that. was 50 um, bucks a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ended up – my old the college buddies were really – uh, into just learning about Scientology. They just wanted to realize, see how much of a scheme it was. And there was somebody involved with the university that ended up quitting out of it that was, like, high up in the ranks of Scientology and ended up, like, having all these letters and just sent gave them to the univers- university, and they were, like, hidden away in, like, the secret... In the propaganda um, room. This, the special collections room, yeah. It was along with all the white supremacy stuff. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting. But, yeah, anyhow... Enough, enough, uh, enough about uh, Battlefield Earth. Didn't Force Whitaker also apologize for Battlefield Earth? So now we just need Travolta yes. and a couple other people, and we're we're on board. <laughs> they've got Travolta. They, they've got him. They've got him by the skin of his. I don't. I don't know what they've got him by, but he's. <laughs> they've, they've got him. Next topic. Looks like more disaster movies are in the pipe for Ronald Emmerich. Uh, we go to Independence Day. I totally, yeah, wrote that wrong. Emmerich has said before he uh, wanted to do a follow-up feature to the Alien blockbuster, but there was worry that the now megastar Will Smith would not be interested. Dude, I should have totally said Xenu, the Scientology evil god, apologized for Battlefield Earth. I blew that joke. And Anyhow, I blew this one. Up. <laughs> <laughs> now it seems that Smith is on board, and it's all green lights for more alien attacks. He's not the important one. They got to get Bill Pullman. That's all I really care about. He needs all the uh, yeah, work he can get. What's he going to do? Is he going to be the president again? Like fourteen years later, or are they just going to do a? Why not? Oh, this... <laughs> Why not? Yeah, that's true. Why not? Yeah, Nixon was the president fourteen times in a row or something in the Watchmen. You know, that's we, true. We can deal with it. That's true. It's Bill Pullman. They... It's Bill. <laughs> what what has Quaid? Can we get Dennis Quaid back. He died in that movie, did you not remember? (laughs) It's debatable. Details, details. You think maybe he just like flew into the flew into the? I think I think he might have had um, a parachute. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. Um, Yeah, you you got Jeff Goldblum calling back. Uh, I don't know. I don't want him. (laughs) (laughs) They have a gay fox back. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Adam Baldwin's in there as his uh, stereotypical army guy. There's no such thing as an Adam Baldwin. <laughs> no, the Adam Baldwin's the the guy from Firefly and also is in uh, 
What do you do? He's another. <laughs> he's, he's in another Chuck right now on TV. Yeah, he's in Chuck. Okay. What's what's he in Chuck? Is he just like a retail guy? <laughs> no, he's an army dude. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Okay, hard nosed. Man of few words type, every once in right. a while, cracks wise. So. Is he the guy that replaced um, Mulder uh, as? I think he no. was he in Exiles. He might have been. <laughs> no, somebody. Robert Patrick did the T one thousand. Then I'm thinking oh. of someone different. Oh, Robert okay, Patrick. Anyhow. anyhow, that's enough. That's, that's an Irish name. That's <laughs> like Baldwin. It's <laughs> an Irish name. Anyhow, uh, last last. Uh, Holly Hunter's Highwood Hoopla topic, which is more more of a uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Survey. Speaking of surveys, make sure to fill out your census. 2010. That's another sponsor. We're being sponsored by the government for this episode. Uh, any wait, idea how important it is that you do that? Wait, do I have any idea? Because uh, I know. Well, you sure? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> so important. <laughs> Way in of the week. Uh, Clash of the Titans comes out April second. Do we care about that? No. No, we don't care. Uh, next I'm, question. <laughs> no, all right, next way. <laughs> I'm mildly interested in it. If not for, you know, enjoyment, at least for Sam Worthington's sake. He needs to be in, like, a blockbuster film. He's been paying his dues. What do you mean he needs to be in one? He was in Avatar. Yeah, it's a joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. All right, so we're on a roll today, folks. No problem. Um, right, right. I don't know. Clash of the Titans seems... Um, I wanted to go see Alice in Wonderland. Never did. I need to go to the movies soon to watch watch something. I think I might hold out for uh, Kick Ass, but that's two weekends away from this weekend. So gonna gonna have to gonna have to throw, show some restraint there. You're gonna we'll be on see. the road anyway. You I'll, don't have time. I'll go see Kick Ass with you. I don't know because that's gonna happen. <laughs> we all yeah. have. We all know how well Greg will stick to that. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and we'll and we'll we do sure a giant, do. and we'll do a giant movie review on it. Speaking of movie reviews, that's our, our uh, what, what's You're next up on the docket. <laughs> um, we uh, we bring in the movie reviews here because uh, we want to shed some light on what's out there and what you guys should and should not see, according to us. And that's the important thing. And I would like to point out that I don't have a new movie review today, which is sort of sad. But the movie I did see, I actually saw a couple. But uh, one I want to mention, I saw War Games again, a fantastic movie with Matthew Broderick, feature, featured as a young uh, computer hacker running around and uh, breaking into awesome uh, NORAD supercomputers. Anyhow, what I did not know until I saw this movie, and this is going to lead to a underlying point, um, Michael Madsen. It. Michael, <laughs> Michael Madsen is in this movie. Did you know that, Jim? Do you remember uh, that? No, I don't remember that at all. In the in the very beginning, the idea is that we put our nuclear defenses, nuclear well missiles, silos in the hands of a computer. But the reason they do that is there's a short skit in the beginning uh, of two missile control guys pretty much not agreeing to launch, and one of them is Michael Madsen, and he looks like he's two years old in it. And I at a point thought was, it was, was like, he the one that was going to launch? Yeah, he was. He's better. He's a badass. And he had a gun. He pulled a gun on the other guy. Like, that's how serious. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Madsen wouldn't stand for that. (laughs) Madsen would not stand for that shit. (laughs) If I know Michael Madsen, (laughs) and I know Michael Madsen, (laughs) he wants to launch nukes whenever possible. I'm looking right now. um, He was in Against All Hope, which apparently had a a theatrical release. And then he was in two episodes of St. Elsewhere. 
and then Special Bulletin on TV, and then War Games. So he didn't have much going at all until this. Um, yeah. Uh, Anyhow, I'd like to read Jim P. Our live listeners, uh, and you know we all know Jim P. He's been on the show. Uh, he he's listening live today, and he actually has a movie review. Uh, my movie review: Paranormal Activity. Fucking retarded. Predictable, boring, and stupid. People thought it was a true story. <laughs> it's a good review. Uh, we should point out that true story is in quote the true is in quotes. So, just want to point that out. Don't want to just uh yeah. Anyhow, my underlying point, guys, is these old movies that you think you know everything about, you don't. Jesus Christ! And you should go back and watch them. That's what that's all I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to point out. Jim, you gonna go next or am I? Uh, I'll go next, I guess. Great. Um, <laughs> I actually saw uh, two movies this week. Um, actually, both of them kind of have a a Michael Madsen moment in it. And, that I'll get to later. What? <laughs> See, just, not really Michael Madsen, just happened. you know, people showing up in their first roles type of thing. But uh, damn, my, my first review is of Empire of the Sun, nineteen eighty seven, Steven Spielberg movie. Nice. Um, it's based on an autobiography about a, a boy. Uh, his name's Jim. He's probably around ten years old, I would say. Um, he's a British kid. Lives with his family um, in China, just on the outskirts of Shanghai. And this is uh, 1941, like right before Pearl Harbor, and he kind of, you know, leads wait, a was nice... this about you? Yes, yeah, so this is my right? yeah, yeah, this is my life story, my autobiography. But uh... you old bastard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he kind of you know leads a comfy lifestyle, you know. But what happens is when Pearl Harbor happens, the Japan also invades Shanghai, and the family, him and his parents, are in downtown Shanghai when the attack happens and they end up getting separated and the boy ends up having to figure things out on his own, figures out, you know, how to live, ends up getting captured, gets put in an internment camp. And the movie's just his story of, you know, how he copes with, you know, the war that's going on. Um, the, uh, Jim, the kid is actually played by Christian Bale, who is maybe 13 years old at this point. Uh, did pretty good. It's just kind of weird seeing Christian Bale as a kid and seeing, you know, some of the familiar facial expressions. But, uh, he's, uh, he also runs into a guy that kind of takes him under a wing. He's a kind of a U.S., uh, kind of scavenger type. Kind of was doing the black market thing in Shanghai when the attacks happened, but he gets captured as well. Um, and that guy was played by, uh, John Malkovich, who does a pretty good job in this, in this movie. Of course it was. Uh, his sidekick, uh, kind of, a decent size character was uh, Joe Pat uh, Panto Leona. I'm gonna screw that name up. It's called Joey, Joey Pants. Joey, Joey, Joey Pants. Pants. Everyone knows Joey Pants. That's what we. That's yeah. The, us in the business. <laughs> that's what we call him. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting story. Um, the kid actually had a cool character trait, which I found kind of interesting. Was uh, he was very infatuated with planes, and one of the internment camps he's at, the main one anyway, is right outside of that captured airfield. So while the kid is, you know, supposed to be anti-Japanese, you know, because, you know, they're at war, he's always kind of admired the Japanese for their ability in the air and that sort of thing. And it wasn't a huge part of the story, but it was just kind of a nice little touch. Um, I would say it's a pretty solid watch. Uh, rent it. It's kind of long and slow at points, but uh, does a pretty good job. Ben Stiller has a hilarious cameo just because he's a young kid at the time. Well, I say young kid, but he's 22 and, uh, you know, teeth filled with, uh, you know, I can't even think of the word now. Braces. Thank you. Yes. Braces. <laughs> can't <laughs> even think of braces. Teeth yeah. filled with, with uh, claws? So it's like just, that. it's just weird seeing him, you know, at such a young age. But, uh, yeah, overall pretty good movie. 
Ben Stiller was really 22 in that movie? Uh, I yeah, I think so. Cool. Yeah, if I remember that correctly. I looked it up. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the other movie I saw was The Color Purple, also Steven Spielberg, 1985. Uh, this one was nominated for 11 Oscars. Uh, last one was six Oscars, by the way. Uh, didn't win anything, neither movie. Um, and this one is about the life of a African-American woman in the uh, early 1900s. Uh, her name's Celie. Uh, we kind of get introduced to her in her early teens. And the, the story starts off with her pregnant, and she delivers her baby. And you come to find out that the baby is by her father. And this is her second one by her father. And this time and the last time, the father has just been taking the baby directly at birth and giving away to another family. And, you know, pretty much tells her, don't say anything to anybody type of thing. So you obviously get an idea for, you know, what she's been going through. She's dealing with an abusive father. Uh, she has a sister who's kind of, she's worried that, you know, we'll have to deal with the same thing. Um, but right away in the story, a man comes to the, the house looking for a wife uh, the father kind of just says, here, you can take my daughter, you know, she'll take care of your kids, you know, keep your house, that sort of thing. And she pretty much just gives, you know, gives, gets given away by the father to this, this random person that they know only from church. Um, the guy ends up being a pretty abusive hus husband. His highlights range from like adultery to attempted rape. So he, it's just an abusive marriage altogether. Um, the kids, you know, don't pay any attention to her or anything. Um, she's a very, uh, submissive type personality just kind of puts up with it because that's what she's been doing her whole life. And the movie goes on from there for the next, let's say, 30 years or so of her life and just documents how she's been, you know, the abusive... <laughs> how long was the movie? How long? A um, yeah. couple hours, like two and a half, two fifteen, something like that. Oh, my God. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the, there are some sprinkles of niceties <laughs> among all the, the hardships and stuff. But uh, it was definitely uh, kind of a, a heart-wrenching tale. But there there are some good parts. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg actually plays Sally, the main character. She does pretty good at it. Uh, Danny Glover plays the abusive husband, Albert, who does, he does a really good job. <laughs> cool. Um, there's a, a woman who plays... Uh, a character named Shug. Her, the, the actress's name is Margaret Avery, and she's kind of like the the person that the abusive husband is always pined for. Uh, she comes over and is a guest of the house, and she actually kind of befriends Seely, Whoopi's character. And that actress, Margaret Avery, does a really good job, and I thought she did a great performance there. Uh, and Oprah, you know, is in it too, so you know that's good, right? Um, the only was she still pitching books back then? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This was a book, actually, so this could have been her first pitch. Who knows? Um, the only problems I had were towards the end. Uh, there's this one scene where the uh, the Margaret Avery's character, uh, she kind of has a problem with the a history, I should say, with the local priest, kind of like she used to be in the choir. Now she goes and sings at gin joints, blah, 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 blah. But one day while she's singing at a gin joint that's right next to the church, she can start to hear the choir. The choir can start to hear her performance. And she decides in the middle of her performance to, like, get up out of the gin joint and start walking towards the church and start singing, you know, gospel stuff. And everybody from the gin joint follows her to the church. I'm like, uh, um, awesome. okay, whatever. So that's, I've seen that happen in real life. Yeah, actually. yeah. Pretty so that scene was kind of silly. And then the part that really kind of bugged me was Albert, the abusive husband. He does something at the end to, like, try and redeem himself, and it seems like the movie lets him get away with it, which really bugged me, because the whole movie, they're showing how abusive he is and what kind of a bastard this guy is, and at the end, they give him, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card at the end, so that, that kind of bugged me, but overall, it was worth the watch, good movie, 
Uh, Lord, or Larry Fishburne has a cameo in it. Really young age, too. Let me guess. Danny Glover's character had, like, a disease, and that's why it was beaten. <laughs> Uh, no, he just did something to help her family after yeah, they split. rabies. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, uh, Jeff, I, I believe you have a better review. By the way, I want to point out that uh, War Games, the movie I watched, is just as old as the movies he's watching. So I'm not the only one watching old movies. Yeah, the, these are pretty yeah. old for me yeah. lately. Yeah, I um, I actually watched uh, a couple of new things, um, you know, to give people uh, some ideas of some new, fresh things to watch, maybe. Uh, I watched, uh, well, uh, I, in case oh. you can't tell, I'm not feeling oh. very well. Um, so uh, a couple days ago, I watched the entire um, miniseries, Generation Kill. It's uh, it's about nine hours by uh, the guy that, uh, David Simon and, um, what's his name, uh, the other guy, the, the the guys that did the wire on HBO, and it's it's kind of a look at the uh, the first Marines in Iraq, the uh, Operation Desert, or uh, I'm sorry, Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2002, and it was uh, it was pretty good, but I, I don't want to talk too much about that. It was it was okay. Um, I watched a, a movie though um, from Netflix, one of our favorite services, almost as good as the Census, um, <laughs> called uh, The Brothers Bloom, came out in 2008. Uh, by uh, it's written and directed by a guy named Ryan Johnson, who also wrote and directed a movie I really liked uh, that I reviewed before called uh, Brick, uh, that starred um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's his name, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's the high school PI, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Ooh, nice job. Yeah, hey. All right. Uh, <laughs> so um, this this movie. Um, Stars uh, Adrian Brody, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, Rachel Weiss. And uh, Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo are like their brothers and their con men. And um, the way this movie started out, it was it was really like highly stylized, almost in like sort of like a Wes Anderson type fashion. And it, it was it was pretty cool. Like the 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 first probably twenty minutes of this movie were really 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 excellent and really promising. But it kind of fell into the trappings of like your average um like uh like sort of con con man uh love story type thing and I, it just became it came became very average and i stopped caring about the characters and what was going to happen probably about halfway through the movie and certain things kind of popped up and then dissipated that didn't really seem to uh um, resolved themselves properly, and I, I don't know. It was almost one of those things where, like, you can tell they didn't, but it almost seemed like they ran out of money to do it the way he wanted to, or maybe he just didn't think it through enough. Like, I feel like there was everything there for a good movie. There were some really good performances, particularly by uh, Mark Ruffalo and Rachel Weisz, but um, it just didn't. And like a um, a girl named Rinko Kikuchi um, was was a pretty prominent character, and she like had an interesting character that really didn't go anywhere at all and it was uh i don't know a lot of a lot of promise and very little payoff uh i thought but you know don't take my word for it like i said the first half half hour of the movie or 20 minutes of the movie are worth uh worth a watch without a doubt so if you have the opportunity check those out and go from there but don't worry about staying around to the end if you're not entertained i noticed that you're a, uh, joseph gordon levitt's in it as an uncredited right. bar patron Right, he is uh, the the camera literally pans past him, and I go, "Huh, was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt?" <laughs> that was yeah. it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you uh, you're not a very you don't like Adrian Brody, right? Did you find him annoying in this? I'm not a huge fan of Adrian Brody. I think 
uh, I don't like the way he acts that much. But uh, I didn't find him any more annoying in this than I do in anything else. Did you like him in Darjeeling or no? I thought he was okay in Darjeeling Limited, yeah. Plays a similar character in this, actually. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, right, so... Sounds like, uh, according to you, well, Jim Jim had some positive reviews. Jeff had a little more yeah. scalding ones, but that's okay. Cool. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. You take the you take the sour with the sweet. That's that's, that's how, right. That's how I got it. another movie uh, locked and loaded called Cold Souls. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this one. Uh, so was it a lot? Is that a lot like Dead Snow? We'll see. No, no. It's uh, apparently it's about like some medical procedure where you can have your soul removed. It stars. Um, Oh God! What's that guy's name? I love him. Um, I love Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. No, he played he played Bob Smuda in uh, Man on the Moon. He was in Paul Giamatti. He was like the, yeah, thank you, Giamatti. It stars Giamatti. It's it's supposed to be okay. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested. Cool. Uh, right. So that moves us on to our uh, our main feature of the day. It's been a month. Uh, of March Madness, movie March Madness, crazy matchup month, but it, uh, it was a good month, and we need to get back into uh, back into the saddle, back into the the swing of things here. And we usually do quizzes here at the the movie hour, and uh, yeah, it's time to play a little bit of catch up. Uh, James, I believe you have a uh, little treat prepared for us. Little treat. Uh, yeah, actually, it's a little treat I like to call leftovers. Um, leftovers. <laughs> I don't want to do leftovers. Leftovers. Um, this is actually uh, part two of the Olympic-themed quiz that I debuted last time. Olympics? Yes. We're sold. We <laughs> it's so February. Anyway, um, so, the, uh, so the premise uh, is um, we'll start with one person. I hated this quiz. <laughs> Go ahead. Go I guess it ought to be better this time. But yeah, <laughs> so the premise is we'll start with one person. I'll say the name of the, the actor or actress. They'll name or try and guess the top three grossing movies of their career. And then if there's any that they missed, I'll give the other contestant a chance to get points for the one that, or one of the ones that they missed by guessing once. And then we'll switch it for the, uh, the next actor and actress. God, I'm so confused. Okay, go ahead. All right, so uh, who wants to start? I will, uh, I will. Okay. Yeah. I think G star last time anyway. So I've already randomly given these in order. So uh, I will start with the first one. And the first person is representing China, because I did that last time. I'll give I'll keep giving you the country's representation. Uh Jet Li. So I need I'm looking for the top three grocers of Jet Li. <laughs> Didn't we do this one? No. <laughs> I swear we did this one. You guys kept confusing other people with Jet Li. That was Yeah, the I must have been shouting up that. <laughs> Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or was that Chaoyan Fat? That was Chaoyan Fat, wasn't it? <laughs> Shit! Oh god damn! Um, he was in fucking. Um, Jeff isn't feeling well the guy today, guys. I'm gonna apologize for him. <laughs> the, the replacements. <clears throat> okay. Any other guesses? Yeah. That you'd like to share? Uh, I'm going to assume that he was. <laughs> you'd the like bad to guy. share? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume he was the bad guy in Rush Hour Three. Okay. Uh, and did I already say Crouching Tiger, Hidden you Dragon? Did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Would you like that to bio, round out your three? Round minutes? it off Biodome or something. Bi- bi- and Biodome. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got none of them. Greg, the board oh, is completely yeah. open. Okay. So you get one now, guess, and depending on which one you get, that's the, you know, the points you get. Right. Now, I know you played the, the quote-unquote bad guy in one of the lethal weapons. I just don't know if it was three or four. I'm going to go with four. Lethal weapon four. That seems like it's a pretty good guess. That's the number one answer. Good job. Nice. The other nice two job. were The Mummy 3 and Romeo yeah. Must Die. Mm-hmm. He was, in, uh, say- was he the one that was in, uh, what was it? The Matrix Reloaded or Matrix Revolutions? I don't know. He played, had a small role, but I thought he was still in it. Anyways, I don't remember. cool. I win. All right, so now we switch the person to Greg. So, Greg, you'll start with this one. And uh, this person is representing Ireland, and it's Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> nice. Real nice. All right. Hmm. And for those of you keeping score at home, he could also represent the UK. He has dual citizenship. I want dual citizenship. I think it'd be really cool. I don't. It doesn't really matter where. I just want two. That's that's what I want. All right. Anyhow, um, just delaying. Most profitable. Jeez, um, I'll just go with there will be blood and last Mohicans and God. <laughs> I don't remember what that one movie was called, but I don't want to give Jeff a hint either. My left foot. <laughs> Shit. Um, I'm gonna guess American Gangsters, but I don't think that's it. Okay, uh, you got one of them. Last of the was second. <clears throat> Shit. Gangs of New York. Gangs, Gangs of New York was the number one answer. Damn it! <laughs> I mentioned a guess. Did you know it before I said American Gangsters? Because yes, uh, the the third one was Gandhi. Apparently, he was in Gandhi. I had no idea. Really? Hmm. That's bullshit. All right. So um, he only gets points, and we both get points. You both get points for the ones that you got right. It's just one person gets first crack at all of them. Okay. All right. So, uh, so yeah, Greg, it's Greg. You have five points. Jeff has three. Just so you can figure out where you are. Rock on. Uh, so Jeff, uh, back to you. Uh, you get someone also from Ireland. It's Pierce Brosnan. Golden Eye. Okay. Uh, the Bond movie with the ice place. Uh, <laughs> you sound so terrible. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, oh, God. Tomorrow Never Dies is, is the name of it, I think. Okay. Um, and uh, for British eyes only. Um... Pierce Brosnan, uh, The Matador, which okay. is not right, but it was a cool movie. Yeah, it was a cool movie. I, I, I was going like to say, movie, yeah. uh, you got none of them, actually. <laughs> Sucker. Greg, would Wait, you like to Wait, the Bond movies weren't up there, huh? That's weird. All right. Now, my first inkling, which is the right one, and it's a terrific film, masterpiece, really. Very great costume design. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is my guess. Correct for the number yes! one answer. Oh, that's a, that's a yes. bullshit. Uh, one of the Bond films was up there at second. It was Die Another Day, and the other Die one was Mamma Mia. Die Another Day. That was the Madonna. I, I don't know the differences between the, the Bond movies. I don't know my Pierce Brosnan Bonds. 
Uh, so yeah, that uh, gives control to Greg now. And from New Zealand, you have Carl Urban. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Uh, don't know who Carl Urban is. Let's see. Do I? Can I pass for the next no. Kiwi? Okay. All right. Carl Urban. I'm just gonna start thinking of people I could see. Who are some actors I don't know their names? Let's, <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go with the wide range here. Um, Glory. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Ghost. Okay. <laughs> and Biodome is always a good guess. Uh, have to sneak Pet Cemetery. One at the end here. Uh, okay, the board is wide open for you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, you know, I know who Carl Irvin is. Oh, okay. I was kind of surprised you didn't. So. I know who Wait, it is. Tell so. me who he is. I know who it is. I, just, I can't believe I just thought of it after all that. I think yep. I know who it is. And you said he's from New Zealand? Yes. Oh, my... Is he that... Um, <clears throat> he's that guy from Star Trek, isn't he? Star Trek. Star Trek is correct for the third place. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that plays the horse master. He's the horse master from yeah. the Return of the King movies. And more importantly, he's in the Doom movie, and it's terrible. Just want to point that out. In case you didn't know that the Doom movie was bad. Okay, so dodged a bullet there. So good work, good work. So now we're going yeah, back to... Later. To Jeff, and representing Yay. O Canada, we have Donald Sutherland. DS, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Canada's big. Suggested for inflation? <laughs> no. Suggested. Okay. The Italian job? Okay. Animal house? Okay. Wrong. And... Uh, who the hell knows? Uh, probably some piece of shit that he played an old guy and then Greg will get number one. Um, <laughs> I do have it. I'm ready. So. <laughs> um, the, that movie with the chick in the red thing that was a murder. Um, don't. Yeah. It's not right anyway. I, I Yeah. I defer. Okay. You got the number one choice with Animal House and number three with Italian Job. <laughs> Wow, I'm happy. Okay, Greg? Um, my guess is a time to kill. Yes, that was second place. <laughs> I was. Nice I job, had to steal. Greg. I had to steal. Well yes. done, Jeff. Well done. Okay, so now it's Greg. Except with the scoreboard at. Um, Greg has 10 and Jeff has 8. Wow, closer than, closer than Greg would like it to be, that's for sure. All right. Um, all right, so going to – oh, that's just unfair. <laughs> It's <laughs> going to number get? twenty. Well, to Austria, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yes, no. yes. There are so many though. This isn't as easy as you think. True, but uh, it's just your guy. Nothing's you as know. easy as I think. Okay. Oh, top-grossing Arnie movies. What's the most? So we'll go Terminator Two. Okay. We'll go. Man, this isn't that easy. What made the most loot? Let's go Batman and Robin. Okay. And let's go for... I'll go T1 also. Okay. You got T2 as number one. Shit, that's it? Yep. Wow. 
So, Jeff, you get a chance to steal one of the last two. What did he say? <laughs> um, T2, T1, and Batman and Robin. Jeff, it sounds, like, it sounds like you're on a respirator, dude. Seriously. <laughs> the the man on the respirator steals second place. T3 was second place? Shitty <laughs> movies make a lot of money these days. What third, was the third, third one? was True Lies. Top? Oh, True Lies. I, that, I can see True Lies. I can see True Lies. Okay. Uh, going back to Jeff. Jeff, representing yeah. Mexico, you have Selma Hayek. Of course you'd pick Selma Hayek. Of course. I, I've already got him already arranged. I don't know what the hell Selma Hayek acts in. Um, uh, <laughs> Jeff, it just sounds like you're a <laughs> enraged like nerd, like. Let's see, Selma going over the airwaves. <laughs> Sorry, I don't feel very well. Um, Selma Hayek, she was in. Um, um, oh God, I can't think of anything that she's been in that would have grossed a lot. Dogma. Okay. Um, probably some stupid movie with Antonio Banderas. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, she probably wasn't a stupid movie with Antonio Oh, was she in He's in, in like, the, uh, ten stupid movies with Antonio Banderas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was she in that movie that I've never seen? Desperado. Um, I don't know if she's in that. I haven't seen any of those movies. Um, and... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Okay. I was hoping that would come up. The, the board yeah. is wide open. Although you did yeah. manage to, ma- to name all Selma Hayek movies, so that's good. <laughs> when I think about it too, it's it's tough trying to figure out what movie she's been in that's made a lot of cash. You guess Desperado? Mm-hmm. God, this is terrible of me that I can't think of a Selma Hayek movie that's made a lot of money. Um, hmm. I was gonna make fun of Jeff for taking forever to pick something, but now I'm. I am also in trouble. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I stumped. Yeah, I I give up. Okay. Um, the answers were at number one, traffic. Oh, number two, uh, wild, wild west. That was Selma Hayek in traffic? I thought that was the other one. And number three, Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> Wasn't that Catherine Zeta-Jones? Spy Kids 3D, there's the steel. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, Catherine Zeta was also in it okay, as a major you. role. I don't think Selma I almost lost Genesee one. Ice all over the microphone on that. <laughs> all right, Greg, representing Germany, you have Franca Potente. Okay, run, Lola, run. Okay. And then... Born identity and born supremacy, I guess. Okay, you got the number one and number two answers with the borns. Really? Okay, yes. that makes sense. That makes sense. 
Jeff, do you have anything for a steal for oh. third place? Give me, it's it's the third place. Can you give me any kind of hint? <laughs> I allow it. Jeez, um, I I've seen this movie and I don't remember her in it, so it's not going to be a good hint. Um, okay, well, let me make it a big hint then. <laughs> um, it was about criminal activity. <laughs> okay, so you've eliminated about five movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, the name of the movie is Criminal Activity. The name of the movie is Blow. Apparently, she was in Blow. Ah, uh, gotcha. Huh? What? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. remember. I've only seen it once, though. Okay, so going back to Jeff, you have another Canadian, and his name is John Candy. Who's cool also sponsored the show? Great friend of yeah, the show. Yeah. Not anymore. Cool. But. No, well, no. But, uh, cool Runnings. Okay. Um, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Okay. The board is wide open. Oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. I felt like I had a good chance of getting all three on that one. What was your first guess, Jeff? Cool yep. Runnings. Cool Runnings, so really Plane Trains. <laughs> um, I'll go with Stripes. That'll be my guess. Uh, stripes is number two. Oof. I, was ho- I was hoping for number one. What's number one? Give it to me. Uh, number one, and I'm even double-checking this because I can't believe he's in this movie. Apparently he was in Home Alone. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Home Alone. Huh. Yeah, according to this, he played some guy named... Gus Polinski. Um, yeah, uh, third place. Oh, was... yeah, yeah. No, he was in the bus that helped, uh, what's her name, his mom get home. Uh, he was the Polka interesting. guy. <laughs> Remember? And then uh, Polka? the uh, third one was JFK, actually. Weird. All right. Oh, I remember so that. let's do one more round of these. I'll, I'll take one. Then Jeff. We can't end on Jeff. Why not? he started. Oh, okay. Well, end on me then. Okay. So do three more. Two for you, one for him. <sighs> Okay, three more. Because okay. we haven't done a we haven't done a quiz in so long. We'll All right, thanks for humoring me. All right, um, Greg, your person is also Canadian. His name is Rick Moran. That's, that's bullshit. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this is bullshit. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, Rick Moranis apparently will not be involved in the new Ghostbusters movie. I just want to point that out. He, is... he hasn't done anything in forever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What apparently he likes it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind Rick Moranis. Dude, you've earned it, dude. Do whatever the hell you want. But um, I found it interesting that he was the only one that wasn't interested in any of that. Anyhow, okay. <clears throat> Rick Moranis. <sighs> Ghostbusters 1. Okay. Spaceballs. Okay. I'm sure he was in. I'm sure he was a small role in like the jerk or something. And I just don't remember. <coughs> Jesus, Jeff, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'll just go Ghostbusters too because I can't think of that. You got the number one answer at Ghostbusters. That leaves yeah. two for Jeff to steal. Honey, I shrunk the kids. That was the number two. Uh, third place was Flintstones. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. All right. The last two, just by happenstance, are pretty tough, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, Jeff, representing, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing the country right, Benin, Benin, I don't know, but uh, it's Diman Hansu. Can you spell the country for me? Uh, The country is B-E-N-I-N. 
<laughs> the person's name is D-J-I-M-O-N, and then Hansu is H-O-U-N-S-O-U, if that helps. Uh, I think Digimon's like a Pokemon, so if that helps. Can you tell me the name of the country again? <laughs> Benin. <laughs> it has roots in... No, just kidding. Uh, Demon Hansu lived in Benin a great while. <laughs> uh, Don't make Jeff laugh anymore. It, it hurts. It hurts my in- insides. Oh, uh, that was funny. Um, can you use it in a sentence? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the guy from Blood Diamond, I think. So Blood Diamond. Okay. Um. And other movies starring African men. Um, give me a minute. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here for Jeff to <laughs> get myself situated here. Oh, God. I'm going to come up with something, and you guys are going to be amazed. No, I'm not. I, I can't think of anything else. Okay. That was him in Blood Diamond, but it wasn't correct. <laughs> Sweet. It didn't make any of the. It didn't make the top three, really. Correct. Yeah. God, I I just well, have no idea. The gladiator's up there. But yes, I don't know what else was. Gladiator was number one. Okay. Uh, number two was Constantine, and number three was Aragon, a dragon book. Oh movie. yeah, Constantine. He plays like the shaman guy. He was in Aragon. God. It's bullshit. All right. So now Greg's <laughs> turn. And the last turn. The last turn. The last. Uh. For uh, Denmark, Connie Nielsen. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> I told you they're both pretty tough. Connie Nielsen. Yes. All right, Connie. I knew a, I knew a Connie once. That's not even true, is it? No, I knew a, <laughs> knew a Connie Feldman. That's, That's not true at all. <sighs> hmm. Nielsen. Nielsen, maybe like Craig T. Nelson. So Very maybe I'll just name movies that Craig T. Nelson are in. You go there be. instead of Leslie Nielsen, really? Ooh, that's a good point. That's where I went. I went straight to Leslie. <laughs> All right, uh, I have no idea. Okay. So we'll go with The Notebook and Gremlins. Okay. Okay. And maybe The Hunt for Red October. Okay, Jeff, would you like to steal any of the choices? <laughs> What if you I know, got I, those? Come on. I already lose. I already lose. So I'm going to tell you that I actually know who this is. Okay. And I know that the number one answer is probably Gladiator, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say Rushmore. Wow. He lays down his hand. <laughs> uh, Rushmore didn't make the list. <laughs> but like you said, Gladiator was number one that you missed out on. Whoa, it's, who is it? The girl in Rushmore? Yeah, it's the – it's. Dirk's, Dirk's mom. mom. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Dirk's mom? He, and she plays... Mrs. Calloway. She yeah. plays uh, Joaquin Phoenix's sister in Gladiator. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny that they happen to be in the movie. What do you call a hand there. job in the black? <laughs> uh, number two, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> Fucking lie. Oh, and number three, Mission to Mars. Wow. So final All score, right. Greg, 26, Jeff, 12. Ouch. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, that's scathing. That's intense. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better wrap this Someone up. Pick up that long. Coughs up long. Um, another great quiz, James. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back in the quiz, the quiz era here because uh, I think I'm turning a new leaf. I think I'm just beating Jeff up every every new quiz. Yeah, it's you, an you've endurance thing. Been running the show recently. 
Right, right. Um, but yeah, the the last and final fe- the final feature of our podcast tonight, we have the Parker Posey play along. Um, the last week's question was by James. If you were to create a timeline of your movie watching career, what movies would you use to represent the landmark moments, and what would those movies represent? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, James. So, uh, any uh, answers stick out for you? Um, stick out? No, I thought they were all really good. Um, none of them were all that much better than the rest. I really am glad that everyone had fun with it. it seemed like the people who did answer really got into it. And Come on, Jim, I'm, pick a favorite. All right, I pick. Um, I pick my own finger. Sorry. No, no, we're not doing Willow here. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Okay, no problem. It's fine. Um, but I'm yes, extra proud of it since I, you know, thought of the question the day of. So, thank you guys all for uh, putting in your input at gungapit.com. Uh, we appreciate it. It's a, it's why we do this show for you guys. It's fun to hear what everybody says about it. And we like talking about movies. We like movies. We're we're uh, we're happy. Uh, yeah, brings us to my Parker Posey. I play along, which is much better than Jim's. So I hope, uh, I, uh, yeah, I hope you answer it with just as much fervor as you did his. Um, it's actually it's a little more basic, but it's got a it's got a little twist, sort of. Um, the question is for the Parker Posey play along: What movie had the most outstanding soundtrack? And when I say outstanding, I mean more in just the literal sense, like it. The the when you watch the movie, the movie that you saw, or just where the sound stood out above the pretty much everything you saw on screen. Like you just every moment, you're just like, wow, the sounds, the song, the whatever it is, just seems to be in the forefront. And so, by soundtrack, you mean the sound effects as well? Yes, I mean the whole the whole shebang, not just if you went and bought the CD, what songs would be on it. I'm talking about everything. Um, where it seems like they just went above and beyond for the sound effects. Like, here's your chance to answer Transformers 2, and I wouldn't make complete fun of you. Um, although, I might still. Um, I had a couple options to go here. I have some cookie-cutter answers for this question. Um, and I think Jeff has similar ones. And since I get to answer first, I, I have the advantage. Uh, I'm going to go with The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Wes Anderson does a very good job, I think, putting together, like, back to the point of um, soundtracks, just putting, like, a strip of songs together. But um, when they compose the music for the movie itself, the composed the soundtrack, it's usually fantastic. Um, the Life Aquatic is a little special because the movie is sort of the idea of following around a documentary filmmaker. Um, well, not documentary filmmaker, but following around pretty much a, an oceanographer. Uh, and in that movie, they show uh, a guy making soundtracks for that, um, for that, for his films, for his documentaries. Sorry. I, Foley I'm, artist, so, I believe is the name. The, Foley's for sounds, I thought, not oh, for... this guy was doing the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's two of them. One, uh, a guy singing in Portuguese, and for that, he's doing not only the songs for inside the movie, but also outside, I think is Sue George, I think was his name. Um, but he sung tons of Portuguese versions of David Bowie songs, which was, which was cool. Um, and it also puts an extra emphasis on when they actually put Life on Mars on that was well, that's actually the original David Bowie song uh, 
And then in the final seconds of the film, you get to hear some Sigaros music, and it's I think he, I think Wes Anderson always does a spectacular job using it. And I think the sound effects and like just the sound in general in that movie are fantastic. And um, the whole movie inside a movie made it even extra special. So, uh, yeah. So looking for just a movie where this, like that had the most outstanding soundtrack in the more literal sense of just something where this, the music, the sounds stuck out more in this movie than in any other movie that you've seen. Anyone? Hey, how you doing, Jeff? You, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. If you're not, I've been looking at pictures of Megan Fox on Google Images. So why don't you go ahead? I and said Transformers Two, and you just typed it. <laughs> Transformers Two. Can I legitimately answer this Transformers Two? Who's that? <laughs> Megan Fox. All right. Um, I was really close with going with my old standby Raiders Lost Ark on this one. I really love the the anthem. <laughs> Raiders. Raiders. And I really love some of the sound effects they use. Obviously the whip's great, but like the sledgehammer punches that they <laughs> land and that uh but uh, I'm actually going with the another Jim Maloney favorite and I'm going with Empire Strikes Back. Um more of the musical that was pieces be my answer. <laughs> more of the musical pieces uh, are the type I enjoy. You know, they're just more the uh, asteroid scene's great. Uh, it was the debut of the Darth Vader march. A lot of good pieces in there. Plus, they have all the, the classic uh, sound effects from the first one. And just hearing stories about what the Foley artists did to create some of those sound effects just have always stuck in my mind. Like uh, Chewbacca's roar being a cross between a lion and a bear roar. Um, some of the lasers uh, were just a wrench being slapped against like the supporting wire that keeps... Um, power line pulls up, uh, just stuff like that, and it's it's always really stuck with me. So I'm I'm gonna go with Empire. Not bad, not bad. Empire Strikes Back, always a fantastic movie to t- discuss. Uh, Jeff, did you find anything while searching through Megan Fox's portfolio? Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, I um, I didn't. Uh, you know, I, your your Wes Anderson answer kind of preempted my Wes Anderson yeah, answer. Yep. Um, and then I stole the Empire. I was thinking about yeah. I, I immediately <laughs> thought of how Jeff was w- going to want to pick a Wes Anderson movie, and I force I'm forcing you in, a, in another direction. Stymied. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I, I thought about The Graduate just because it's I, like because it's the first movie ever with a pop soundtrack. Um, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, rock roll. Uh, I think that's kind of a cool answer. Um, I'll admit that's where I thought you were going to go after Wes was taken. Um, but God, I, I'm 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 a big sucker. I mean, the Empire Empire is a, Empire is a better answer for sure. And I definitely since I didn't win the quiz, I want to win Parker Posey's Play Along. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had a mess. It is. A phantom yeah. I had an idea that I thought you guys would actually bring up. Um, I don't want to steal more answers, though, so I'll bring it up after the show. We'll bring it up after the show. Um, Nothing comes to mind? I'm going to go with... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go a, a little bit different. I'm going to go Big Lebowski. Um, it had some really, really kooky songs in it, uh, good pop songs, and really, really well-placed, and is in some cases kind of conscious of it, like the Eagles and the Credence and stuff. Right. Um, and uh, a couple of the songs, uh, like the 
I think it's Kenny Loggins does the man in me and, uh, um, just, uh, a couple other things, the Bob Dylan song in there. No, it's the Bob Dylan song is, is the man in me. Yeah. Kenny Loggins <laughs> is something else. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he is something else <laughs> at any rate. Yeah. Big Lebowski. Nice. Nice. Uh, we also have a live listener answer voice. from, uh, Jim P. Uh, he put The Shining on there, and I'd have to completely agree. Um, I know I've talked about I talked about The Shining a little bit when we were talking about a uh, Shutter Island, but uh, yeah, the music slash just like tribal tones in that movie are just in, pretty much up in front and center in that movie. It's awesome. Oh, Anyhow, what about Psycho? Psycho is a good one. Yeah, yeah. See, don't steal too many answers, Jeff. We've got people people listening that want to answer on the on the Gunga Pit. But uh, yeah, again, just. A movie just that literally has the most outstanding soundtrack I've ever seen. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's going to die. Uh, and the question will be at gungpit.com for you guys to answer. I appreciate uh, uh, everybody listening, live listeners. Thank you, uh, James and Jeff, for the input for one of the like earliest episodes we've done. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Jeff, feel better. Yeah, yeah no thanks. joke. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I- I'm sure I will. You know, I was feeling great before we started recording. I don't know what's wrong with <laughs> Right. We might be doing uh, next, week's pod- next week's podcast on the road, so uh, it'll be yeah, exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim calls me out. <laughs> I, I am actually feeling kind of sick, but not, not nearly as sick. As, uh, oh. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Uh, go State. Thank you for listening. Uh, the Laura Linney Breakfast in Bed movie out.